This is the future of finance by Motive Labs. Hello, and welcome again to the future of finance, the podcast where we live and breathe the next generation of financial technology. Hello, I'm Paul Walker, and I'm a member of the Global Advisory Council and a senior advisor here at uh, Motive Partners. And I'm thrilled to be joined with uh, another one of my Global Advisory Council members, Peter Leukert, who is a founding partner at Motive, but is now the Chief Information Officer at Deutsche Telekom. Hello, Peter. Hey, Paul. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you very much. Um, You've recently undergone an interesting transition from a financial services technology role to a telco technology role. And I know almost nothing about technology in the telco space. So I'm super excited to learn about it. What have you learned in that transition? It's, it's really interesting. There's similarities and then there are things that's vastly different, right? So to start with what's really interesting for me as a physicist like you, it's really about physics and telco, right? I've, I've learned things around fast Fourier transformation. That's how you get more power out of the, out of the cells and so on and so forth. So that's really fascinating. And then on the other hand, what's very similar what I wouldn't have thought, which struck me, is you know all this complex architecture that we also have in financial services. So one of the core problems in financial services is deep down the systems only know account numbers and not customers. And surprisingly, in tech, it's exactly the same problem. The systems only know SIM card numbers or telephone numbers. They don't know customers. So all these things about getting a customer-centric business, et cetera, very similar challenges. Wow. So you have the same sort of data reassembly problem that many of us in financial services have been working on. And how have you been tackling that? That must be an exciting thing to try and get a more customer-centric view, a more service-forward view. Yeah, I mean, it, actually, it's not by now rocket science. I think what most IT managers struggle with, right, it's really getting the developers close to the customer, right, rather mm -hmm. than having several intermediaries in between that, yeah. using more agile forms of development to get, get faster customer feedback. Yeah? yeah, I think the thing that's unique to Telco is that you have this intersection of IT and network technology, yeah? mm. and that is changing at the moment dramatically with this transition to software-defined networks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What a fascinating topic, the software-defined network. So how is the software-defined network progression going in the telco world? It's actually going amazingly well. I mean, if, if, I, if I look at the normal adoption rates for new stuff that I know from the financial services industry, it's mm -hmm. faster in tech, yeah. I have to tell you. I mean, we all know that from our mobile phones anyway, right? Yeah, right. So, but, but also here, it's, it's going pretty fast and, of course, major investments involved. And what I, what I notice is from that, and if you talk to my peer at AT&T, I think he's probably said very similar things, that IT is moving from a very, very important support function into the core of everything that you offer to the customer. And that is probably a little bit like what we're doing here at Motive, which we expect a similar thing to happen in fintech. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the number of people who've been saying banks are technology companies, uh, including myself, is many. And so I think to realize that the telephone network operators are also technology companies is fascinating. It occurs to me the idea of disruption in telco is rather different than it might be in some parts of financial services, though, because you have to build towers and lay cables and things like that. Paul, it's actually very uncannily similar in the sense that, you know, what's the risk for, for banks is that you have to keep running the accounts with mm -hmm. all the costs, but the PayPal's and Google's and others of this world take away the customer and customer interface. 
telco we face exactly the same risk. We call it the risk of becoming a dumb bit pipe, right? Gotcha. So we still invest in all the infrastructure and the connectivity, but then we don't stay relevant for the end customer, right? That's and right. If you look at your mobile phone, right, how much of that interface shows a carrier logo, mm-hmm. right? Very little. So that's that's our big challenge. That's right. And if I actually want to call someone, I'll use a, you know, a VoIP thing like Skype or a WhatsApp call or Google Hangouts. And so you don't even see that that's a call traffic. You just see bits on your network. Exactly. So how do you adapt your technology to meet the implicit business challenge that's in the risk of the dumb pipe? Yeah, I think it's by kind of basically following almost like a bipolar thing, right? On the more commoditized and infrastructure parts, it's really about scale, efficiency, uh, what you would expect. And then there's the other end of the spectrum where it's really about staying relevant to the end customer, so user experience, et cetera, et cetera, because we have the chance of being very close to the customer because we are in the flow of a lot of, of what happens. yeah. And then, of course, there's this whole new thing that's opening up around the Internet of Things, yeah? Mm-hmm. Where, where suddenly we're connecting all kinds of machines and gadgets and so on and so forth. Yeah, I guess in a way, your telco is the lungs of the piece of technology that's the most intimate in your life, which is your mobile phone, right? And it, it's peculiar to use the word intimate for a mobile phone, but I think that's the right way to think about most people's relationship. Yeah, I mean, in, in fact, most people are taking it everywhere, right? To yeah. the bathroom, to the bedroom. Yeah, yeah so it, it exactly. Is intimate, if, if, in a literal sense. Yeah, <laughs> um, you talked about Internet of Things. In the last couple of years, we've seen some of the big cybersecurity incidents that happen in the world happen because we have unpatched IoT devices that become, you know, farms that do DDoSs on big providers and so on and so forth. Um, as you have more and more devices of you know unknown provenance on your network, as you become more and more a target for intrusion and disruption and cyber terrorism, how much of your job is involved with that? And how do you think about that in responsibility as running a telecom? This is a huge topic. Yeah, and I think it's in a way, inherent in our brand promise that we actually do take care of that and then we are good stewards of, of our customers' data. Yeah, Let me not get into politics, but I think there's very different interpretations on, on data privacy in the US versus Europe, right? Yeah. So there's also some interesting debates on, on how do you cater if you, like we are, if you're active on both continents, how do you deal with those very different expectations and regulations around it, yeah? And in fact, we have spent so much time and effort on it that we actually have, have turned it into business. So we have a business line at Deutsche Telekom called uh, T-Security, yeah, which actually markets a lot of the stuff that we had to develop for ourselves to the public market. Like, I mean, things that would have sounded exotic like like a few years ago, like how do you protect against drones? You mean drones, the quadcopter flying yes, remote yes, control, yes. like physical things? Yeah. How do, how do, you, how do protect- you protect a cell phone tower against a drone? Yeah, and also a stadium or, oh, or sure. an event or yeah. whatever. So those, you know, those are the kind By of the things way, that our engineers are dealing with, right? How do you protect against a drone? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, as long as you don't have any energy fields, yeah, yeah. like in the sci-fi movies, actually you have to get them to crash land, more or less, yeah, gotcha. and detect them, of course, in the first place. In the right, and I'm assuming there's not a well-defined drone protocol or anything yeah. like that. That's, well, you know. but, but that's also something that's happening, of course, because you, you need some um, clarity in the in the airspace, right, and, and so on and so forth. Wonderful. Sweet. Switching to financial services again a little, one of the promises of the everyone getting a mobile phone, this most intimate of devices that we were talking about, was it would change the way you interact with a bank, change the way you interact with lending, change the number of people who had banking accessible to them. And that's a really important application in the in the consumer banking space. Has that application changed the way you think about managing or building a network? Or what other applications changed the way you think about running Deutsche Telekom? How 
how application agnostic are you, right? Something like video streaming comes online, that has a massive impact on your network. What other type of things like that do you have to think about in the intersection between users of your network and yourself? And what are the interesting applications you worry about? That's a really complex <laughs> question you raised, Paul. So first of all, indeed, in Africa, for example, actually carriers are banking people, right? So I think in general, you're completely right. There's very different types of loads on the network. Yeah, Financial services is not such a demanding application, but when we are dealing with a with this increase, factor 10, uh, exponential increase of, of the load in our networks, and we now need to differentiate different types of load. Yeah, mm -hmm. If you, for example, then uh, think about things like uh, wanting to drive a car remotely or whatever, then, of course, you really get into completely different non-functional requirements, as we IT guys would call it, in terms of latency and, and so on and so forth. And so that's, that is indeed one of our main, main tasks, is to try to use the same network for these different types of loads and managing it. And as you say, and then the users come up with their own interventions, right? So my kids, they never do a call and they don't even do a voice over IP or a WhatsApp call, but they send voice messages. Right. So it's, again, you have to adapt to what the users are doing. Yeah. yeah you know, my, my daughter, who was also featured in Podcast 3 as being a Doctor Who fan, she and her friends only FaceTime or hang out with each other, right? And she is now living in a world where, of course, you can video your friends anywhere in the world at any time and it will just work for free. Right. Right. The impact of that on on the engineering of our networks. I'm sure that's amazing. And we have 5G coming about, which I know almost nothing. Do you <laughs> want to talk about 5G at all? Or? No, no, we, we can talk about 5G. I mean, 5G is, I think it's more than the next, I mean, technically it's it's the next generation of mobile standards, right? So so, so like 3G, then 4G, then 5G, right? So, so, so yeah. in, in essence, what it allows is to, to just get a lot more traffic on the same bandwidth, if you like, or the same part of the spectrum, right? So that's a technical innovation. But but really, it opens up, of course, a lot of interesting innovation areas around, as we mentioned before, the Internet of Things, right, around virtual reality experiences, things like what I think will be very, very important and, and we're actually working on is is really like a campus networks, yeah, in, in, for example, in industrial companies, yeah, big plants, or then all these things about predictive maintenance um, and so on and so forth. So lots so, of mean, exciting you, you, stuff. You, you can there. start telling when the air conditioning unit's going bad and preempt the maintenance indeed. and save yourself huge yeah. amounts of money. Right, indeed. And that's a combination, of course, AI, you know, machine learning and, and 5G and other things. Sure. And I'm sure your industry, like every other industry in the world, is being impacted by the amazing advances we're having in predictive analytics and machine learning. Very, very important for us, for ourselves, right? Of course, we also would like to predict when a component in our network becomes faulty. Yes. Yeah? And ideally, we would like to predict before our customer has a problem, right, that he will run into a problem, he or she will run into a problem. Do, do your network components exhibit that behavior? Do they have sort of halfway failure modes and start throwing yes. error code? Right. So it's not it's not just one day the cable breaks. There's, well, there's well, I mean, of course that happens. There's sure. also that. Yeah. There's, there's, yeah. there's a construction that kind yeah. of breaks a cable, yeah. Yes. But no, no, there's wear and tear. And, and for us, for example, the... You might be surprised how important weather is for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, thunderstorms, lightning, that kind of stuff, big rains that that has a big impact on, on us. Yeah, and we need to be good at at and also managing our capacity around that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so many of our listeners. Let me just shift for a second. Many of our listeners to these podcasts are 
at different points in their careers. And, uh, you know, one of the questions I get quite a lot, and I know you're also a physicist, is how did you end up going from being a physicist to being on the Global Advisory Council at Motive Partners? They seem like different roles. Um, as you think about your career path that got you through such an interesting set of experiences, what do you think was important in the successes you've had? And what do you think you would share as some important ideas and advice for other people beginning their career in finance who may also want to work in other industries? I think... For me, probably the single most important thing to learn was the whole, let's say, sociological or people dimension, mm -hmm. right? Which is typically not something that that we physicists uh, pick up much on yes. in university. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm, I'm not not claiming it was exactly like Big Bang Theory, but it's yes. not the, this. The series is not completely yes. far off. I, right? I, I gave a talk to a group of physicists where one of my mandates was you need better people skills, and then the, the <laughs> subtext to that was this is especially true if you think it doesn't apply to you. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so I think to me that that was really the the most important. Important, the most important learning and this aspects of leadership and particularly the what I'm totally excited about is the modern form of leadership right because when I started in business right you still had this business knowledge where it's really about command and control structuring things steering things controlling things and now we have this revolution around empowering the teams uh, a scrum etc etc which to me is really liberating work again and making it much more humane again, right? So me, to me, that and going through that learning curve and being an effective leader to do that, that to me has been has been very, very exciting. Yeah, right. Agile works really well, but one of the re reasons Agile works so well is because it's a fun way to work and people like work being fun. Exactly, yeah. All right. So you know, Deutsche Telekom, uh, you provide telecom services across all of Germany, but also across many other countries. How do you think the geography and teleco infrastructures are going to interact? How much longer do we think we'll have expensive long distance phone calls or expensive international phone calls? But more importantly, how long do you think it'll be until we really have sort of a unified global network experience wherever you go in the world? And you know, what do you think is the most exciting and promising thing we're going to be seeing in the regional disparities in the telco industry in the next decade or so. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I, I learned about the telco industry that there are indeed interesting geographical differences. So I would not have expected it, but it's much more expensive to connect a home to fiber in Germany than in most other countries in the world. Okay. And why is that? Because in Germany, people want things to be very orderly. So it's always, you always have to dig. Mm -hmm. You have to dig, right? You can't do it outside the house or whatever. So, and that makes it a couple of times more expensive than in other countries, right? Very simple thing. It's more actually a social custom, really, than, than a regulation or an infrastructure, yeah. but means totally different um, uh, returns on investment than in other countries, yeah? And I think the interconnectivity is getting a lot better because more and more of our customers yeah, demand that, uh, the commercial customers, the industrial customers, yeah, mm -hmm. and the telcos are actually pretty good at establishing common standards and working together. On yeah. That, yeah. Right. So the last question to wrap it up then. So you and Rob Haver together wrote the white paper that became the idea that was Motive Partners. You were one of the founding partners here back when it had a different name, the Beginner's Mind Collective. I don't know if we use that name. I loved that name myself. I was very excited with that name. Yeah, there was even even different names before that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I also like that one. Yes. <laughs> um, so what is it that had you so excited about that initial idea of operator and investor? And uh, how do you feel the Motive mission has tracked since you've been watching it and now you're part of the Global Advisory Council here? What is so exciting, it's really this unique blend of, of capabilities and this 
different way of looking at it through this combined lens that is now very, I think, well represented in the logo. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, That is really a unique lens. And I think that has me very excited, had me very excited. And I have to say, overall, I'm actually, it took probably a year longer than we thought at the time to get there. But the guys have gotten there. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's very impressive. Uh, and they should be very proud of that. Yeah, well, I, I agree. They should be. And now we have these wonderful offices we're sitting in this wonderful podcast series and the wonderful Global Advisory Council meeting we just had. All right. Well, Peter, thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure. And I hope that everyone uh, enjoys the podcast and learns a bit more about telco and finance in their intersection. So I really appreciate your comments. Thanks, Paul. And I really enjoy our work on the Advisory Council together. Wonderful. Thank you for your time and insights. And thank you very much for tuning in. I'm Sam. See you next time. The information contained in this podcast is intended for discussion purposes only. It is not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation for the purchase or sale of a security or any services of motor partners. All investing involves risk, and there is no guarantee that past performance will be indicative of future results. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are as of the date of recording, reflect the views and opinions of the persons expressing them, and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of motive partners. Motive partners makes no representations or warranties as to the accuracy, reliability, or completeness of any information provided, and undertakes no obligation to update, amend, or clarify the information in the podcast, whether as a result of new information, future events, or otherwise. Any securities, transactions, or holdings discussed may not represent investments made by motive partners. It should not be assumed that securities, transactions, or holdings discussed, if any, were or will be profitable, or that the recommendations or decisions made in the future will be similar, or will equal the performance of the securities, transactions, or holdings discussed herein. This podcast may contain forward-looking statements that are based on beliefs, assumptions, current expectations, estimates, and predictions about the financial industry the economy, motive partners or motive partners investments. Nothing in the podcast should be construed or relied upon as investment, legal, accounting, tax or other professional advice or in connection with any offer or sale of securities.